The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features ensure that you can take on any adventure. What kind of features? Well, how about the available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud? Or the standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together? How about available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone? We're always trying to think about those great spring and summer getaways, but with a car like the Hyundai Santa Fe, anywhere can be your next adventure. To learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe, go to HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Bud Elliott. That's Danny Cannell. I'm Chip Patterson coming to you live at youtube.com slash cover three and all across the 24-7 Sports Facebook Network. Thanks for all of you for jumping in. Smash that subscribe. Smash that like if you are watching live and you can come join us in the chat. We're going to be breaking down the Pac-12 South win totals. A reminder for your programming pleasure, we are going to have the Big 12. We'll follow up. Those episodes will be released next week. After that, the ACC. After that, the Big Ten. After that, the SEC. And then hold, check check your calendars, check your clocks. Then it's going to be about time to do win totals locks, week zero previews. The season is almost here. Uh, but do you any any uh, strong Pac-12 North takes? We read off your chat, but we edit. We had to edit out some of the uh, the the potty language. But any thoughts on the Pac-12 North before we dive into the Pac-12 South? Because uh, I know the, some some of the live chat and some of the listeners were a little bit disappointed that you, you know you bring your numbers, you bring your analysis. Anything stand out from that division before we uh, move on to? And again, we realize it's not division play; it's just the way we're organizing it. But thoughts on the North teams? You know, I I, uh, I thought you guys really, I was pretty much in lockstep with with everything that you guys did. Like I think Oregon nine is is an appropriate number. Um, I'm a little bit higher on. But like, okay, so Washington, the recruiting numbers are pretty good, but I'm not really convinced that they have developed that talent over the last two years. Like how much can can DeBoer really do in one offseason? I also don't really believe in Michael Penix. And, you know, at some point Stanford has to bottom and then maybe they have a dead cat bounce. So I really am not in a huge rush to, to crush the Stanford under, even though I don't really have a whole lot of reasons to believe in that team, you know, I went back and, and watched the summer school I did with Jackson Moore, uh, our, our Stanford correspondent at twenty four seven Sports, and it it was kind of depressing, man. Like that, they lost an absolute ton of experience because their their guys once they once they hit grad school age, uh, a lot of times they can't get into grad school at Stanford, so they have to transfer out and go somewhere else. So, um, I'm a little higher on Oregon State than you guys were. Okay, like I. I, I there's a lot of stuff I don't know if I can trust in the Pac-12 North. I, I believe I can trust that that offense because of their ability to run the football, even if I don't really love the fact that they were after JT Daniels. Like that scares me a little bit that they felt like they needed to go out and get him. Chance Nolan will take us to victory. Let's go Oregon State against one of the toughest schedules that you'll find. Um, we had, as you will remember, uh, a lot of unders. We weren't really feeling great about some of the teams, especially near the bottom of those teams in the in the northern half of the conference. Will that be balanced out here in the south? Only one way to know, and we need the artistic stylings of Vanderbilt's general manager to take us there. As much as I think it's the, the under Count is a safe up. play, like I can't even... Count them up! I can't fathom it wins. How many kids are gonna win this fall? I just can't. I don't see it. It's not, it's not on there. It's not, not the schedule I'm looking at. Unless there's another schedule somewhere. 
and we begin our analysis with the USC Trojans, a fascinating group to break down as you look at it, because the any power rating system that takes into consideration uh, your previous experience and bakes that in is going to be a huge negative here. I mean, this is a team that in the last four seasons has gone 22 and 21. They've won just 51.2% of their games over the last four seasons. They were four and eight last season. Defensively, they were horrendous, but you've also got an entirely rebuilt roster, especially on the offensive side of the ball. A few spot players on defense. I certainly think that we'll be getting into some of those concerns for the Trojans on that side of the ball as well. Caesar Sportsbook, has the over-under set at a round nine wins. The over is just uh, sitting heavily juiced at minus 170. If you want to go under the nine wins, then you might get a little value there, plus 140 if you think it's going to be drama in the bad sense in Hollywood. In terms of the non-conference schedule, you do have the game against Notre Dame. That one is going to be at home. Outside of that, you've got Fresno State. Could be challenging, and you will be playing Rice. So, Danny, throwing it to you first. How are you feeling about Lincoln Riley, USC? Are you buying the hype? What are we doing with over under nine wins? I hate it. I think it's some of the worst value that's of the teams we're going to discuss today because of the juice that you mentioned. I'm on the over. I'm buying the hype. Um, not as far as some of our um, counterparts in media talking about the best practices they've ever seen and you know just how gl- just r- the rave reviews. I'm not buying it that much. I don't think they're a playoff team. But I went through it. And I gave them nine wins, three lo- or excuse me, I gave them ten wins, two losses. But of the ten wins the confidence level on about three or four of them was kind of like yeah i think they should win but didn't we say that same thing about them the last few years i do think there'll be a culture shift i do think the offense will be high powered but where is the defense going to come from like i think they're going to struggle against the more physical teams in the conference um but how many teams are going to out physical usc you know and i thought the the glaring ones for me were utah on the road was a loss Notre Dame at the end of the season at home was a loss. Those are the two losses, but like there's just a couple others in there where I don't know. Do I trust them at this point of the Lincoln Riley tenure to just say, yep, 10 wins? Those are the automatic 10 wins. No, but yet I don't see them as an eight win team either. I think nine and three is probably about where they'll be. I just don't think any value at minus 170 is on the over. I'm a. Uh- I'm on the under here at this price. Uh, so I think the real key thing to keep in mind is that it's minus 170 to the over. So that's an implied 63% break even. So which means if you're going to bet this, you need to be sure that they're going to get over that number 63% of the time. And I'm not really sure that they will. I'm not really sure they're going to go under either. I, I think this is probably a, a, a decent number. I have them at 8.7. Uh, so it's a right around nine. Uh, but if I'm getting plus 140, to the under, I, I just think eight wins is somewhat more likely than 10. Uh, I would play nine under nine and a half uh, ag- aggressively at, at, at even juice because I, I think nine is a hell of a lot more likely than 10. I think there's a good chance you actually get your money back on this and that the Trojans do go nine and three. Like when I looked at my stuff, that's that's the most likely outcome for me is nine and three. I don't think that their defensive transfers are all that good. Oh, now, Maybe maybe somebody will clip this and and they'll disagree. They got some good kids, but I I'm not completely sold on like Shane Lee and Romello Height at linebacker. Uh, I, I I think Eric Gentry is obviously kind of a stud. Uh, we'll see how you know how well the guys they they took you know from Ohio State and Colorado and I, I think Blackman's probably fine. You know the the, the corner they took from Colorado. Colorado misses him. Um, you know Covington last year really didn't play much for for Washington. But I, I have concerns about how much you can improve this defense in just one year. And I have some concerns about offensive line depth, okay? The guys they return on the offensive line are actually pretty good, I think. But I'm not totally sold on Bobby Haskins, the transfer they took from UVA. And I think they do have some real concerns about depth behind those guys. Caleb Williams and the receiving core should be dynamite. But are we also betting on Caleb Williams taking a jump? Because he was very – he flashed a lot last year. But there are also some games where he was not that good. And I think ultimately I'm very high on Caleb Williams. Are, are we sure this is the year he takes the step up? 
Yes. I don't know. I think probably in that in that offense with, with those receivers, it makes sense. Yes. Yes. No. Caleb Williams takes the jump. Caleb, like, like what? get the get the Caleb Williams Heisman price now because I think that with the schedule, USC starts five and one at worst, six and zero oh potentially going into that game at Utah. Like, then it does get tricky. They're like the at Utah game is going to be tricky. The at UCLA game is going to be tricky. Notre Dame at home, like, yeah, nine and three does seem very likely. But you know, if as we're looking at this, I think it is a little bit more. Um, well, depth is is definitely a part of this. Can USC maintain health? Can USC like maintain focus and not just slip on the banana peel here when they start to get into those tricky spots coming down the stretch? Because I think that for a first year head coach, for a team of mercenaries, for you know everything that they're doing to try to rush this thing together it kind of ramps up in a way that is advantageous to USC having a really special first season. Now, again, we're talking about a team that, you know, baked into the program. Like, are you going to be able to wash all the USC off of you? Because the stench of USC is not being dominant or winning championships. The stench of USC is falling a little, little bit short of that, if not well short of that. And so I, I admit that there are spots later in that schedule that could be a little tricky but I think that early in the season, it is set up very well uh, for Caleb Williams to get comfortable with Jordan Addison, uh, with Brendan Rice, with the rest of, of this wide receiving core. For I think it's going to be a little bit more difficult for us to see Travis Dye really dominate or have a you know another 1,200-yard rushing season when he's not running behind Oregon's offensive line. Like I, I think that there's a lot that needs to be ironed out, but it sets up really well. I, for my pick, I'm on the over. I don't see any certain losses. I think USC can win every game, but I've got them check out, checking in a little bit closer to nine and three, 10 and two. I just, I think there's too much talent and I've got respect for Lincoln Riley and his ability to outscore most of these, by the way, I, as I was breaking this down, we'll get to the Bruins in a little bit, but USC at UCLA looks like it might be so much fun. Like yeah. 45, 42, no defense. Let's see what happens. You know, like all, all guns blazing. Um, at Utah, at UCLA, Notre Dame, those were my three toss-ups. I admit Fresno State could be a little tricky, but I'm, I think that ultimately, even with uh, Jeff Tedford back, even with Jay Kaner back, it's, it's USC. They'll figure out a way to win that game at home. Is this like a top 10 team for you guys? Because like, to me, I, I have them inside the top 25. I, I don't know if I can get there with them being like a top 10 type team. So I, wrote, uh, I heard Chip. I, did I hear the playoff word come out of your mouth? Like, is that a, is that? I think Chip is more on them in the playoffs than you and I, bud. Because I don't think they're a top ten roster yet. I don't think they'll get to the college football playoff because I don't think they'll win every game. And I think coming out of the Pac-12, one loss is going to doom you. If we've got another situation where you've got Alabama, Georgia, heck, even like a you know, a Texas A&M or someone out there who could be trying to snap up a college football playoff bid. So I'm not, I'm not ready to put them in there. I Hold actually, on a second. Hold yeah. on. You don't think a one loss USC is a lock for the playoff? No. I think they absolutely no. are. Oh, I think they are. I think the branding helps. I think the Pac-12 desperately needs somebody back. I think that's the human nature aspect of it. If you had a loss to give, I think it would be on the road at Utah. And if it's a close game, I think they're in. And... Then you they get, they the get loss, it back. much like right. the Big Twelve, you know. So that's the, one of the best things about going to no divisions is you could play the team you potentially lost to and have an impressive win in there. So I think if USC is a one-loss Pac-12 team, they're a lock, assuming well, it's not a Fresno State or one of you know an early ugly loss. Notre Dame at home could be damning at the end of the season. Notre yeah. Dame could you spoil, can't lose that late, <laughs> right? You can't lose that last game of the season and uh, and then be able to climb your way back in not without some help. So that my my opinion is that I think USC if they have one loss would still need some help to get into the college football playoff. Yeah, I agree. I mean, cuz like Bama, Georgia, Ohio State are way odds on to all make it. Right? Cuz they don't play each other Bama and Georgia don't play each other in a regular season. So then you're going to have some interesting conversations. Like one lost USC, one lost Oklahoma. Who goes? 
That's what I want for drama. By hey, the way. one loss USC undefeated Clemson. Who goes? Easily. Come Clemson. on. Don't do the ACC like that. Clemson's locked. Clemson. undefeated. One, one loss Clemson. Twitter upset. One loss Clemson, one loss USC. Then it gets really interesting. Who's the team you lost to? Clemson doesn't have that Georgia, you know, that powerhouse on the schedule outside the ACC. Then it gets really interesting. So, um, and to your question, Bud, about where they sit, I actually uh, – turned in a feature for cbsports.com today looking at mystery teams, teams that have wide variance in the preseason polls. I've seen USC as low as 23, as high as nine, and kind of everywhere in between. So where do they sit? Not definitely in the top 10. That seems a consensus. Everyone kind of wants to put them in that 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 range. But some some outlets are saying, yeah, you got to go prove it to me. Um, we think you're barely a top 25 team. So... No, no agreement there. I have not filled out a ballot myself. I'll probably end up with them somewhere around 12. All right. Last, would you rather on USC? Because I know we got to get to the other ones. Would you rather play USC over nine at minus 170 or USC for the division at plus 250, plus 300? There's no or, further. Excuse me, excuse me for, for, the, uh, for, for the conference. Oh, I would rather play over nine than for the conference. Interesting. At minus 170, I wouldn't. I'd rather get the plus value to – to win, so the to win the conference, right? That's, that's my yeah. thought. Like, if they're good enough to yeah, win they 10 games, win they're good enough to win They could win at 9-3. And, and, and oh, also, sure. I remember the, uh, the the legendary quote from Gary Patterson. Um, you can fool Lincoln once. If you let him get a second crack at your defense in the season, you're cooked. I'm paraphrasing like somewhere out there, but that was, that was Gary Patterson when the Big 12 opened up the Big 12 championship game and TCU made that Big 12 championship game and it was... The, the defense had no chance. Lincoln had all the answers. So you could lose at Utah, but then if they did get the rematch, uh, I would favor the Trojans. I think I agree with you guys on that one. Count them up! Speaking of those Utah Utes, we turn our attention to Salt Lake City, to Cam Rising, and uh, a team, that, a program that just won the Pac-12 for the first time since joining the conference, had an amazing performance and an epic Rose Bowl, and entered this season with a ton of momentum. As you look at the schedule and it breaks down, we're going to be looking at Southern Utah, San Diego State, and Week 1 at Florida. Traveling to Gainesville. Now, the over-under win total at Caesar Sportsbook is at nine wins, much like USC, but unlike USC, the over is going to give you plus value, plus 105 to the over, minus 135 to the under. But I'll throw it to you first. Uh, what are you doing with Kyle Whittingham's Utes? Yeah, I'm going over here. Um, I, I have Utah favored in 11 games um, this year. So they, they get USC at home. Uh, they do go on the road to UCLA. Obviously, they start at UF, uh, and they have to go at Oregon. But they have a lot of games on here that I really would have a hard time seeing them lose. Uh, Southern Utah, San Diego State, Arizona State. They get Oregon State at home, which I think is is nice for them. Uh, at Washington State, I'm not quite as high on Washington State as I was last year. Arizona, they'll win. Stanford at home. And then finishing at Colorado, which uh, very well could have a new head coach or at least an interim head coach by the time they hit that game. Uh, you know, to me, Cam Rising is a guy that you need to account for uh, when you're looking at last year's numbers, which, again, he played most of their games, but not all. Uh, this was a legitimate top-five offense for me uh, when Cam Rising was in there. And they lost some guys off this offense, no doubt. Uh, but, you know, you, you got a lot of your good pass catchers back. You, you lose Britton Covey, but you get back almost everybody else who was important for you. You know, offensive line – Takes a couple hits, but like they've recruited the position okay. I I just think this team's got a lot of good veterans on it that it's going to be better than most of the teams that they play. And I, I like where they play most of their opponents. I mean, at UCLA is not easy, but it's not super intimidating. Uh, at Oregon is the real, you know, at Oregon and at Florida, I guess. But uh, you can lose half those ones I mentioned and, and still go over here. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we, had, we had a bunch of unders. Like, nine-game conference schedule in the Pac-12, you end up playing a good portion of, of the um, conference. When, if, when you hear us on the first episode throwing out a bunch of unders, it's because the wins are going to be falling on the other side uh, as we start to maintain some integrity here. I don't see a single game on Utah's schedule that I put a certain L beside. 
I think that you're looking at like, yeah, at Florida going to be tough. I have no idea what really to expect out of Arizona state, but I sort of threw that as a, Hey, might be a toss up at UCLA. You already mentioned USC at home at Oregon, but the rest of them seem like certified W's for where this roster is at, for where this program is at. You mentioned uh, the explosive uh, offense, which basically since Andy Ludwig took over with, he's had the right quarterback in place has been, one of the best in the entire Pac-12. One of the few things that you can really count on. I've I, I very comfortably feel like the the over, especially with plus value, has got to be the play for the Utes. So why is the under juice to one at minus one thirty? Like that's what I'm a little bit. Florida. Like, I think it's got to be the Florida game. I think it's got to be. Um, they're a be, two point favorite right now in they are yeah. They're yes. a two-point favorite in Gainesville right now as we sit. Now, that game worries me because having played at altitude in Denver, um, the heat is not the same as they're going to – like I worry about exhaustion, fatigue, cramping, all the things, even if it's a night game, which I think it already is uh, in Gainesville, but one of the you know most the hostile environments you'll have to go into in the SEC. I worry about that game. I actually penciled it in as a loss but I still feel good about the over. Um, the, the loss of Devin Lloyd is massive. He was one of the best linebackers in the country last year, but is there a defense you trust more in the in the Pac-12? I don't think so. I mean, they've been consistently no. around the top for the last four to five years, one of the better defenses. They do a great job having one of the more physical front sevens in the entire, uh, in, in the entire Pac-12, maybe even the country. And I think the addition of Cam Rising, like that offense took off um, when he took over. So I thought even in a loss, I thought the Utah performance in the Rose Bowl was like something for them that said, hey, we can go toe-to-toe with anybody. You know, we can we can score, we can do it, you know, and the defense took a hit. But I think that was a big confidence boost for them as a program showing they can go toe-to-toe with anybody. I think it also depends to Chip's question of, of why is there juice on the under here? Uh, probably because I think there were some eight and a halfs elsewhere, you know? Mm-hmm. So maybe people are, are betting eight and a halfs over elsewhere and, and nine under here. Um, but a lot of it's going to come down to what, like, what is your opinion of San Diego State, right? Mm-hmm. I, you know, what, what, what is your opinion of at Washington State? Like, I think Utah is a double digit favorite in this, in that game. If you don't, then maybe you are more on that kind of like 8.5 projection. You know, I'm about to win over that. Um, at Colorado, I I just don't think that's a game that you can really fact like figure on them losing. I, I don't know. I, I go back to my argument of, of where they play these games for the most part, I think is is fairly beneficial. But um, like the San Diego State, and they have done really well against the Pac-12, and there's another team on here we're going to talk about today that plays them that I might have an L on there for them. Like Brady Hoke's going to try to run the ball down your throat. Who's that, is that going to work against Utah? I don't think so. That's where no. it's kind of like one of those tricky games, but I, don't, I think Utah is able to establish their physical dominance in that one. I would also think and that is it possible? Punter. <laughs> yeah, right. That's right. Like, no like the punter was the best player on, on that team by far last year. Like that San Diego State's offense is complete nonsense. It doesn't work against anybody. It, it's horrible. It's really badly coached. But they got out of it because they they flipped the field with a 70-yard field position punt change pretty often. And then the defense would set up the offense in great field position. Is it possible the odds makers just aren't on to Utah? I was uh so in the last five years, Utah is 35 and 21 against the spread. That is covering the spread 62.1% of the time over the last half decade. They have been above 500 against the spread in e- all five of those years. What is it? Uh, not to get my Brian Windhorst on. What's going on in Salt Lake City? You know, like, like what what is it about this Utah program that that has the? Is it the because player development exceeds recruiting rankings? I, I mean, I'm not I'm not great at going inside the odds maker's head. I check out Sportsline, of course, for you know actual former odds makers that are on there giving advice. But I I believe that there there is a definite factor of this number and maybe more so this price where Utah is just annually underrated by some of the computers and or some of the odds makers. All right, let's keep it rolling. How many games are going to win this fall? We turn our attention to the UCLA Bruins uh, after finally 
getting that big step forward last year. They didn't play in a bowl game, but they did make it to a bowl game. Uh, eight and a half wins is where Chip Kelly's Bruins are set on the win total at Caesar Sportsbook. Nice even price split, minus 115 to the over, minus 115 to the under. Uh, they have set up this Bruins team with the kind of non-conference schedule that is going to be favorable to try and go and get as many wins as possible. Bowling Green, Alabama State, South Alabama, they're all at home and they're all at the start of the season. Mentioned it earlier, we're looking at uh, one of the better running backs in the Pac-12 with Zach Charbonnet, uh, a very experienced Dorian Thompson-Robinson, an offense in general that we think could be really, really really explosive defensively still got a good amount of questions for this group but uh should be uh, as we are dictating by this over under win total of eight and a half one of the better teams in the pac 12 where are y'all at with the bruins at eight and a half i'm on the over uh, I, I think chip nailed it right the, the schedule now look I, I am actually fairly high on South Alabama and somewhat high on Bowling Green like to get really nerdy here Bowling Green returns just an absolute ton of experience that's not a game that I'm, I'm rushing to bet UCLA against or, or in rather uh, and South Alabama has pretty legitimate defensive line and, and could be kind of feisty in, in like a hang around for three quarters type of way uh, but then at Colorado host Washington, I would expect UCLA to win both those games. Um, they get Utah at home. They got to go to Oregon. And then they go Stanford, Arizona State, Arizona, USC, Cal. Like The thing is, you could lose Oregon, Utah, and USC and still go over this right. number. If you pick off one of those wins. 10-2. and two. And you're not. Yeah. Or like If you pick off one of those wins, you can afford to lose one of the other games. Right? Uh, but I have some concerns. Like This is not a lock for me. Uh, not yet, at least. They did lose a whole bunch of important pass catchers. Um, you know, Kyle Phillips, Greg Dulcich, and Chase Cota are gone. Sean Ryan on the offensive line was like a very good player, and obviously he's going to be a good NFL guy. Uh, I'm not super high on Raekwon O'Neal, the, the transfer tackle they took from Rutgers. I actually know some offensive line coaches who who were looking at him, considering offering, and they they declined to do so. And they lost a lot of uh, like they lost a lot of experienced defensive linemen. Um, what about the Murphy twins? I, yeah. I, I didn't watch a lot of, I, I did not watch North Texas every Saturday. I am here to be honest with you, the audience. I was not tuned in to every single mean green game. They did spoil UTSA's uh, chance at an undefeated regular season. I was dialed into that game. We thought Seth Luttrell was maybe on the hot seat, but it seems based on the reviews that the Murphy twins, uh, Gabriel and Grayson are going to be, instant impact pass rushers on the outside, which can help some of that uh, some of that pass rush that you're looking to replace. And the kid they got from Hawaii, by the way, is very good too. So I do think like those guys are are pretty legit. Um, okay. Yeah, like I think it's I think it's over just because of the schedule. I think it's over. There's not a ton of confidence in it with me. Um although I do say like I think I was bullish on UCLA last year. I've seen a couple. I think our buddy Tom Fornelli uh, even proposed Dorian Thompson Robinson as one of the, because everybody's looking for the next Kenny Pickett. Who's the next Kenny Pickett going to be? Now, I'm not saying DTR is going to be a first-round draft pick, but he's coming off his best season. He's played a lot of football. He's got to be familiar with the offense by now that if he gets a little bit better, I think this team goes over pretty easily. I'm worried about the trenches, worried about them. But again, like in the Pac-12 on their schedule, the losses I had for them were Utah and Oregon, two teams that I think they're going to out-physical them that can run the football against them. Other than that, the wild card for me in all of these and when we do their win total is Arizona State. Like that road game against Arizona State kind of worries me for UCLA. But with the uncertainty around the Sun Devils, I'm going to chalk that up as a win and put it at 9-3. and Speaking of those Sun Devils, coming up on the other side, we take a look at an embattled Arizona State football program as Herm Edwards leads the Sun Devils into the 2022 season. We'll get into that and the rest of the division next 
the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. We've been mentioning it to you, and we thank those of you who have already gone to nominate us for the People's Choice Podcast Awards because the Cover 3 Podcast is a nominee for the Best Sports Podcast. We appreciate all you guys do for us, and we hope that you enjoy the show enough to nominate us to advance all the way to the final round. To nominate the Cover 3 Podcast, go to podcastawards.com slash app slash sign up, then toggle down to the sports category. The whole process is honestly going to take less than a minute. And we made it easy for you and included the link at the top of the episode description as well. Once again, that is podcastawards.com slash app slash sign up. Toggle down to the sports category to nominate the Cover 3 podcast to advance us all the way to the final round in the best sports podcast category in the People's Choice Awards. Well, Arizona State has a win total at the Caesar Sportsbook of six wins. Over is set to minus 105. The under a little bit more juiced at minus 125. In the non-conference, you're going to be catching Northern Arizona and Eastern Michigan. And oh, no, Oklahoma State on the road. Yikes. But uh, we mentioned, what do we do with Arizona State? They seem to be a wrinkle in our analysis for a lot of these other teams. And I think some of that comes because you are going to see some of the tougher conference opponents that Arizona State faces this year coming to Arizona State. The Utah game at home, Washington game at home, UCLA at home. Are the Sun Devils going to be able to pull off an upset there? Are those toss-ups or are those certain losses? Emory Jones is going to be our starting quarterback. Will make will Emory Jones have the um, the effect that we have been projecting for Bo Nix? We're getting him out of the SEC and going up against Pac-12 defenses will lead to improved play. Will this Arizona State offense be effective against Pac-12 defenses this year? Any? I'll say yes. I think they're getting an upgrade at quarterback from Jaden Daniels, who was very pedestrian last year. Maybe I keep having the, the visions of Florida when Emory Jones played against Alabama and had him within a you know a play. Was it sending that game into overtime or going? Was the two point when they went for two? Yeah, tied it. I think. Yeah, Um, I think from a leadership perspective too, similar to what Bo Nix brings to Florida, I think you'll see a or uh, to Oregon. I think you'll see a better leader. I still have visions of the players like sending, you know, packing up Jaden Daniels stuff and saying, "Good, let's get him out of here." But like as much as I feel better about the quarterback position, I don't feel great about the state of the program because of all the upheaval to the staff, the controversy, the issues that you've seen elsewhere. I have them at six and six. And I I, I like Herm. I want to feel like, man, if there was a swing game was going to go one way or another, I would say he's done a pretty good job recruiting. I think the talent on this team should be there to sneak out with one of those wins because you mentioned him playing at home but I don't feel great about it. So I went to the under because of the uncertainty with the coaching staff. And what happens if it gets off to a rough start 
and they do lose, like I have them to Oklahoma State, to Utah, to USC, and Washington at home, like what happens then if the team throws in the towel? You know, and they know a change is coming. That to me was why I went under. I uh, I bet this really hard at, when it was at seven and a half, like as many times as I could. <laughs> and now it's at six, which is a much tougher decision because I think six actually comes into play here fairly frequently as the most likely number that, that Arizona State wins. Uh, but I'm still going to go under. I, I had them at five and a half uh, in, in my personal stuff. So it's not like a go slam under six, but – I do think five is a good bit more likely than seven. Uh, this could be the worst receiving core in the Power Five. Whoa. Okay. Who? Right. Who do? You, like, are there any names here that you recognize that are still on this roster? Like, I'm a recruiting nerd, so I know a couple of them. Do you guys who cover national college football? Cam Johnson from Vandy. No, had 300 yards last year. That's like their most experienced dude. Brian Thompson. 13 catches last year. Like Ricky Pearsall is gone. Rashad White's gone. LB Bunkley Shelton is gone. Curtis Hodges, their tight end, is gone. Johnny Wilson, I'm not even sure if that good, is gone. Uh, like Elijah Badger is a guy who was very athletic coming out, but he's super raw. And I do not trust Herm's offensive staff to develop guys on offense at all. Uh, so may- maybe I'll be wrong. I, I trust Herm to-, to run a good defense. But I just, uh, and they lost a whole lot in the offensive line too. I mean, yeah, like four of their top seven on the offensive line, you know, per snap count, are gone. They lost a bunch of big guys on the interior defensively. They, I like their transfers there. They did, and then their secondary got totally wrecked. I mean, four of their top five guys in the secondary, you know, according to snap count, are gone now. Coaching I staff trust- also shaking up. Like you know, we're sitting here mentioning yeah. you know, everything that's happened there. You're also looking at, at whether they were plus value on field coaches or plus value recruiters. Maybe maybe that's up for debate. Maybe not. But you also have major shakeups on both offensive and defensive staffs too. I do think the schedule is the saving grace for them. Like this schedule is is light. I mean, Eastern Michigan is a win, and Northern Arizona is a bad FCS team. At Oklahoma State, I got them as a dog. I got them as dogs to Utah and USC, but they could beat Washington at home. They could go on the road at Stanford at Colorado, and that's not crazy to think they win both those games. I'm almost arguing against myself here. Uh, like if you if UCLA is not what I think they are, they could win that at Washington State again. I don't know much about Washington State. Like I probably more than our our viewers, but like again, I'm not real confident in my take on Washington State this year. But I, I still uh, I don't. I think the receivers, the secondary, and the offensive line are are really scary to me. I like Danny's analysis of the start to the schedule, and the phrase that's in my head is "blood in the water." Because there's going to be teams at the end of that schedule that need a win. There's going to be spots on this schedule where, like, I'm I'm going to sound like big dumb knuckle dragger, but like, how much want to is there going to be on each sideline when they are going to Washington State, when they're playing at Colorado, at Stanford? Heck, at the end of the season in the rivalry game at Arizona, if this thing gets off to a really really rocky start. At the end of the year, when you've got programs that might be in different places of their own trajectory, is is Arizona State going to end up messing around and losing as a four and a half to five point favorite to one of those conference foes? Like, I absolutely think that that's in play. Uh, I am also going to be on the under here. I found myself listing a lot of games technically as toss ups, but when I look at where those toss ups come in the schedule, and like Danny mentioned, the potential of it just being a uh, a lame duck kind of situation. I think that if I've got to make a pick and I would not recommend making a pick on a, this is a highly volatile stock. We're not, we're not gonna, we're not gonna recommend that you go hammer either side of this Arizona state right now. It doesn't sound like, but my pick here is definitely going to be on the under. Count them up. Colorado buffs and Carl Durrell. He has been handed just a brutal non-conference schedule. You're already got an uphill battle based on the way this team rates, based on the way this team ranks against the rest of its conference foes. And the non-conference is TCU at Minnesota and at Air Force. Uh, Colorado, what are you doing? Go go and find yourself in Northern Arizona. 
go and find yourself a team that you can go and, and get your feet onto you because uh, those are the first three games of the season. TCU at Air Force at Minnesota, a really, really tough start for the Buffs. You got, hey, what's up, JT Shroud? JT Shroud coming in at, uh, at quarterback for Colorado. When you look at the conference schedule itself, uh, like I mentioned, nothing really seems easy here. You've got uh, UCLA is at home. Oregon is at home. Uh, Utah is at home. I, I don't know, guys. Where are the wins? Over, oh, over under win total set at three and a half. The over is at plus 145. The under is at minus 175. It's like the reverse USC over here on these prices. Um, but are you going to reverse USC this and come up with an argument to say Colorado over three and a half just to get that plus 145? I am not. Uh, I already have some Colorado under three and a half uh, more at even money, but I would still be willing to lay this. Uh, I think that a, an important analysis of the non-conference schedule must be done as Chip did. But like, do people realize how good Air Force is? Yes. I, yeah, like, absolutely. I, I mean, if you guys are not paying attention in the offseason, the guys Air Force is really is probably really good this year. And, and could win the Mountain West. Like they, they were could really be, good last year. And it was yeah. we had four teams that were in the mix to play for a Mountain West title going into the final weekend of the season. Air Force was one. Yeah, I, I have Air Force uh, as as a pretty significant favorite over Colorado. Like I, I, I um, TCU, I think, probably uh, will get that win, obviously, in Fort Worth. Minnesota lost to Colorado last year, right? And that's back when they were still employing Mike Sanford, which is – you know, evidence to one of our rules don't employ Mike Sanford. Uh, but then I I don't like where their road games are. You know, I mean, at Arizona, that's the game that on in your Pac-12 schedule that you probably need to win, and you got to go on the road for that one. They're underdogs, I, I believe, pretty clearly in their other games. They could be Cal at home, depending on your thoughts on Cal. Who knows, maybe, or, maybe Arizona State totally implodes, but you get Oregon and Utah at home. I want to play those games on the road if I'm a bad team. If I'm a good team, I want those games at home. It gives me a chance to win. If, I, if I'm a, a bad team, I'm like, I want to play the best teams on the road, so I'll just take my you know my butt whipping on the road and then give me those more winnable type games at home, maybe that big home crowd. Now, as far as personnel-wise, uh, Colorado got wrecked by transfers out of the program, so that is important to remember. However, they were also very injured last year in a way that like they were one of the more injured programs in the country. So I feel like I have to take their power number from last year, increase it a little bit, and then also give it a major haircut because of the guys they lost to the transfer portal. But I feel like if you're just – like before I, I accounted for the injuries last year, I had Colorado at 1.4 wins because I had taken out the transfers, but I hadn't bumped their power rating. 1.4 is probably a little too low. I still think even at like a 2.1, under 3.5 is definitely a play. I had him at two and ten under as well. Although I look back at this team from last year, I mean they had ten seven loss to A and M, who they had on the ropes, and I know that was the game that uh, you had quarterback issues with um, Calzada taking over. They also they helped, they they played they fought pretty hard. I just don't think the talent is there in this roster, and I think they start off in a rough way. Um, I had them even the wins that I chalked down for them. Like I had them beating Cal at home. I don't know if I love that one. You know, like I like I I, I don't under is the way to go all day with Colorado. And it but it does make you wonder what the direction of the program is too, which I still think should be one of those programs that should be way better than what they are. And it's one of those perplexing ones too. Like, how can you be this bad with a place that has some tradition? I don't know, is, is this is the talent in Colorado and surrounding, is it that bad? So yes, it, I guess. Yeah, it's not good. Um, I think like the the West opening up for the rest of the teams out there also hurts because then you have a bit of a trickle down. So now that like LSU and Bama and those those schools will come West and take a Brock Bowers or they'll take you know an, an Elias Ricks, uh, that means the the guy that USC is getting is maybe you know one step down at times, and then the guy UCLA is getting is one step down at times. It is a trickle down to where it does hurt Colorado, but they. And they've also had a lot of instability on the coaching staff. Uh, not this coaching staff, just in a row. Mel Tucker wasn't there very long. That's probably a pretty good hire. Carl Durrell was an interesting hire. Uh, I, I thought he did a fine job in that COVID year, but again, it's probably a good example of we shouldn't judge that COVID year too much uh, as far as going forward 
and as as a prior, it is tough, man. That that's a very tough job. How many games are going to win this fall? And wrapping up the Pac-12 South. Again, we know that the divisions are not how they will decide the championship, but it is how we are organizing uh, the conference for our win totals episode with a look at the best one-win team in the country from the 2021 season, the Arizona Wildcats. Caesar Sportsbook says they're going to double it, or maybe even more, over under win total at Caesars, set at two and a half wins, minus 140 to the over plus 110 to the under. Uh, you mentioned, Danny, that San Diego State was going to be on uh, on one of the teams we discuss. And uh, look, I came into, I opened up uh, all of my notes and I said, okay, the best one-win team in the country fought hard. They covered so many spreads for us. They battled. This is a team I'm going to be excited about. Let's take a look at their non-conference. Oh, We've decided to hand one of the bottom teams in the Pac-12 the following non-con. At San Diego State, Mississippi State, and an FCS team. What FCS team, you ask? North Dakota State, the multiple-time national championship winning powerhouse Bison. Can Arizona get a single win in the non-con? And if, even if so, are they going to be able to go get two Pac-12 wins to get this over? Which, by the way... The juice is currently tilted towards the over, minus 140 to the over, plus 110 to the under. We know where Fornelli stands. Tom Fornelli's comment. He's he's uh, watching us right now. They've got some uh, – uh, he's he's currently a foreman on an important job right now for the house, and he's uh, his comment on the screen, Arizona over, cats going bowling, hashtag gone fishing, hashtag bear down. At minus one forty, I hate it. But I I had them under. I hate to do it. I have them starting zero and three. I don't think they get any of those first three, which are a big factor in why I don't think they get there. There is a part of me though with the Pac twelve of going under on a lot of these just because of the churn. Like there's there's going to be one or two good teams, and then there's just a bunch of average teams. But I still think Arizona is below average. But I wonder again. Last game of the year, Arizona State to me is one of those wild card games. Washington State, Arizona, a home game for them. Like, does that is that the win that puts them over in Arizona State? But it's a rivalry game. I, that one's torn for me. I, I have them on the under though. I, uh, yeah, I, I thought the the juice on this scares me a little bit, and I, I think this is just a good number. Like, I'm not rushing to bet this to, to either side at at this juice. If I was if I was booking this, it's probably what I would set, right? Um, 0-3 in the non-con, I think, is the most likely outcome unless San Diego State's offense is really, really bad. We don't know how good Jaden Delora is going to be in this offense. Obviously, the Washington State coaching staff managed him quite well last year. They do get Jacob Cowling, who's a very explosive receiver from UTEP, one of the one of the best receivers in the transfer portal. So that should help offensive line, you know, returns a lot. Uh, but you know, defensively, I'm not really sure that this is a, uh, like a, a PAC 12 quality defense. Like this could still be the worst defense in the PAC 12 and, and maybe by a lot. Um, like I, I know they return experience, but I don't know that they actually have good players on defense. So you're kind of betting that experience will be enough. Um, but I do like the games they get at home. I mean, Colorado, Washington State, Arizona State. That's the other thing. Is like, I, I don't love betting these games where it's Arizona State's involved because I really don't know how hard they're going to play by the end of the year. I don't think they're going to quit on Herm because I think they still like Herm, the guys who didn't transfer at least. But if I had to, I, man, I, it's like a very slight over for me. Over. Yeah, I just don't see a big edge. Like, like they could beat they could beat San Diego State. At, I've got them at like two point eight, so it's not something I'm betting. The first time I pulled Caesar's numbers uh, was maybe three weeks ago, and this price it was number was still two and a half, but this price was around like one fifteen, yeah. and now it's at one forty. So the the emphasis is on the over, uh, the way that they're looking at it. Like you mentioned, Bud, the fact that you're going to get some of those other teams that 
you know, if you line up the Pac-12 1 through 12 and a team can only reach but like four spots ahead of it to go grab somebody, well, a couple of those are our home games, like you mentioned, especially Washington State, the Arizona State rivalry factor, Colorado. I don't think they're going to win all three of those necessarily, but I think there's enough of a potential. San Diego State, and look, I don't think North Dakota State is a surefire they're going to go in and win that game. I I don't think that that's a guarantee. Not ready to go there. Can't nope. wait for our locks pod for that week. Yes, I'm not <laughs> By ready. By the way, San Diego State right now is a five-point favorite against Arizona. See, like that's a game they could win because San Diego yeah. State's offense is hot garbage. <laughs> um, cherry on top, number 130 in the country in turnover margin last year. Terrible Titan. quarterback play, like no consistency week to week from like not only but like when like that's not, not even like, turnover luck. That's also like yeah. your players were playing bad. Like you you were right. at bad bounces, you were making bad mistakes. Number 130 in turnover margin last year. Tighten that up. I agree with you, bud. I'm not expecting the run defense to take tremendous steps forward. It's still going to be a team that's probably a little bit leaky, but um, I'm I'm with uh, I'm gone fishing. Give me Arizona on the over two and a half. But like you, I wouldn't run to I, w- I would not run to pay the extra like money. Cornell is. You'd have to be. Sounds him. like Tom <laughs> is hot in more ways than one to, to, to bet this. Yeah, he's he is willing to to lay the price. He says the juice is uh, is absolutely worth the squeeze. I don't know about going bowling. Maybe go look for those alt line win totals. See if you can go get yourself a four and a half with a with like extreme plus money <laughs> out there. Next week, we will start to dive into the Big 12 win totals. Uh, Those episodes will be posted on Monday and Wednesday. And coming up tomorrow, we'll take a dive into the big old bag of mail. Grab some questions. Hey, bud, is blue chip ratio coming out today? It is coming out today. All right. So we'll also, at 11 a.m. Eastern time tomorrow, be uh, breaking down the new edition of the Blue Chip Ratio for the 2022 season uh, as authored uh, by our own Bud Bud Elliott. You can follow him on Twitter at BudElliott3. You can follow him at Danny Cannell. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.